The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Gerald Albrecht, codenamed Death Probe. I'm Gerald again tonight. (laughs) It's like two episodes in a row. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what? I never meant this more than I do right now, but Eddie's DJ Christatos. And to all the green shirts out there tuning in for our podcast, we want to welcome you all back to Fort Longbox. And we appreciate you tuning in to talk some of those post 2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Do Run. And man, we're starting to get close to the end of this thing. Mm, yeah. Now, real quick here on this episode, I want to mention our new recording method in order to free up our schedules a little bit uh, from here on in, which won't be that long. <laughs> we're going to be doing double recordings which means we're going to actually be recording for issue 34 and issue 35 all in one evening they'll be released separately you're listening to episode 34 right now and 35 will be out i don't know a few weeks from now but they're recorded back to back so from here on in for every two issues you're going to have the same guest And the only other thing that will really change is there won't be any feedback for the second recording. So when episode 35 comes up, there won't be any feedback on that because we recorded it at the same time as 34. Again, this helps us with our release schedule. And that's what we're going to be doing from now on. You won't really notice any other difference other than that. And besides Jared's name changing to Gerald. Yeah, going forward now. From the name change. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Cristiano and I are going in old school. It's just the two of us. Yes, we had a guest slated for this evening, but a little problems with the comsat. The comsat was yeah. not being yeah. good to him. Not working out. Right so now. Uh, hopefully, you know, as I was just telling you, we'll have the same guest twice. Hopefully, that'll get addressed, and he'll be on the next episode. So we'll look forward to that. We'll let you know who it was at that point. <laughs> so anyway, Pat, since it's just you and, and me here, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Jared. Thanks for asking. <laughs> good, I'm glad good. to be here. At- it's good to be back here at Fort Longbox. Heck yeah, man. So, Pat, my question to you this episode is just me and you. Mm-hmm. Of all the G.I. Joes, I'm not asking for your favorite. Who do okay. you think has the coolest outfit? Coolest outfit of Doesn't all? have to be your favorite Joe. Just someone's got a banging outfit. Mm, that's a good question. Because there are a lot of cool looking outfits that are out there. I would have to choose Can it be Cobra, too. Sure, Just why not? Joe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I know you like that profit distribution Destro, <laughs> the Pimp Daddy Destro. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one as well. I still got to go with Dial Tone, you know? Yeah. I think I like his his outfit. It's sharp. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool looking. The green and the, you know, the tan green and the bray. I think that. All right, man. How about I you? I was thinking, um, I like Storm Shadow version 2. Oh, well, that's a good one. See, you I know, didn't want to take a, the, the obvious one. With the gray urban yeah. camo to it. Like, I've always been taking yeah. with that. I always like it quite a bit. So, that's probably the, one, little that's more, the first one that popped to mind. Yeah. And his hood, he's got like a hood yeah. in addition. Yeah, yeah like a hoodie. Kind of cool. Anyways. Yeah. That's a good one. Hey, listeners out there, 
What do you think's the best looking Joe? 707-532-5269 if you want to leave us a voicemail. Or, of course, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or YouTube at Longbox Crusade. Who has the coolest outfit in the G.I. Joe universe? We'd love to hear from you. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. For this mission, we will be covering G.I. Joe number 34. Publisher was Devil's Due. Cover date at September 2004. Writer was Brandon Jurwa. Penciler Tim Seeley and Jason Millett did the backgrounds. Inker is Corey Hampshire. Colorist is Brett R. Smith. Letterer, Dreamer Designs. Cover art goes to Tim Seeley, Corey Hampshire, and Brett Smith. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. Here we go. very somber cover and even though his head isn't in the frame it's a drawing of a wheelchair bound general hawk it's done in grayscale the only colors other than that of the title and the logo can be found in hawk's decoration ribbons on his uniform and the u.s flag laid over his paralyzed legs so pat what do you think of this darker more somber cover it is an interesting contrast of colors with this especially going with the gray as you mentioned kind of the somber look I really like the way the red pops on this with that gray tonish background, but it's ah because you don't see the face. And I can't tell if that's deliberate or is it, you know, just the way it kind of turned out. Cause you can see, you know, they must've did his whole face, but are they doing it more to tug at your kind of heart for veterans that may have been hurt during their time serving in that, you know, that's, kind of how i'm feeling on this one right now i agree with you i think it is done just to focus on battlefield injuries i think they made him sort of okay. faceless on purpose yeah and like you said this cover it's it's well drawn and it's well inked it even has um sort of a a a fake distressed look to it like a yeah. it's almost look makes make it look a little older than it is like maybe an old faded photograph or something yeah. like that yeah that's a real neat effect to it it is interesting it draws you into it to want to pick it up and just figure out what's actually going on with this issue. Yeah. Especially if you've been keeping up and you know, the injury that general Hawk sustained, I think two issues ago and dealt with last issue. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at scoring the cover. Jared, what are you going to score this cover? And here we do it as a one to 10 scale, one to 10 flag points, one meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. Well, this is a tough one because it's not very action y, you know. No, yeah, I, was gonna say, also... I don't know if I wanted to be a recruiting poster, but <laughs> it's definitely not necessarily a recruiting poster, but it's memorable. It is. And it's strong. So this is an odd one to score, but because I can look at it and immediately kind of remember what's going on in the story at this point. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a nine. I think I really like it. I'm going to give it a nine. Mm, that's strong. That is definitely a strong one for you. I am going to be at an eight on this one. What pulls me back is, I guess it's the cover that doesn't somewhat match what's going on on the inside a little bit. I think the next oh, one well, does. I mean, but he's dealing with his injury. Yeah. But I mean, we never see him in, in the look. Yeah, yeah. If this would have been the last issue's cover, yeah, 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 I think this would have been a better fit. So, still a great cover, good looking cover. I'm going with an eight. Fair enough. 
All right. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we mix things up a bit. We say that, but we've gotten Cobra a lot lately. But I'm going to have DJ Cristanos pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's? Who knows? Cristanos, pull the lever. I'm pulling the lever and I'm crossing my fingers for a Joe this time. Here we go. It is Joe. Oh, we got a Joe one. All right, let's get to that. Look in the eyes of a hero and see the sacrifice within. There's no way out for the hero. Remember when Cobra blew up the WNN news building in an attempt to kill Hawk and Lady J? Well, the president has decided to go honest with the public, retract the story of the burst gas main, and tell the truth about the Cobra plot, but also try to put the public's fears to rest by announcing the capture of Cobra Commander. It's a sticky move to say the least, made even stickier since General Hawk still has not returned and refuses to take any calls. In his absence, the original G.I. Joe, General Joe Colton, has stepped up to temporarily take Hawk's place. Our intel indicates that Destro is regaining control of Cobra forces with his new strong right hand in the form of Wraith. In fact, Wraith is in New Moon in Arizona, where Mirage and a team of green shirts have discovered a Cobra cell and are on the run for their lives. Snake Eyes, Mayday, Clutch, and Roadblock are sent in to help extract the team, and that's where things go from bad to worse. The rescue team is spotted, shot down, and now they too are looking for a way to both save Mirage's team and escape New Moon as well. And with Rafe, Major Blood, Scrap Iron, and a whole bunch of Cobra foot soldiers hunting them, that looks like a tall order. Now, back to G.I. Joe. All right, now it's time to get into our highs and lows of the issue. It's just me and you, DJ Cristado, so I think I'll let you have a whole bunch of these this time. I know that's how you Ooh. like it. I know oh, boy. Like it. And uh, I'll let you kick things off, man. What do you got for a higher low as we chat about this one well the high on this one what i liked about this is that it called back to some older issues so if you've been listening along with us or reading along with us you got some mentions of older things that were happening that are bringing more stuff to the forefront here and i like that because that tells me you know there's a good story that's being woven throughout this series I like the callback to New Moon in that, um, you know, the last time we were there, it was earlier on in uh-huh. in there. And that was when they were looking for Serpentor kids, right? <laughs> Serpentor kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Serpentor. They were looking for his kids. and you know, <laughs> Yes, the clones. We haven't mm-hmm. seen much from them ever since they've been sort of taken in, haven't we? No, that's true, too. So maybe maybe they'll come back later on as well, but. That's what I really liked about this story is that it drew me in more with some of those callbacks to some of the other stuff that's happening. And, and you know, we still got what's happening with Hawk and Cobra. You really don't see much of Cobra in this one, just in that kind of crazy mind, kind of a mental thing that was going on with the Baroness in the beginning of it, which was really cool, too. <laughs> yeah, she had that nightmare 
you know, I'm going to roll right in that because I was going to say one of my first highs was just, I mean, the art's really cool, but that page of her nightmare vision of Cobra Commander where he's like part man, part snake. Yeah. It's kind of very evocative of the animated film, you know, when they oh, turn yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, a yep. snake. But it looks so good and menacing. I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. There's some really good artwork being done at that. What's up with Scalpel? Is he a real figure? He's a real figure. I've got Scalpel. Really? Yeah, of this era. He certainly is. Yeah, like we mentioned, he was just kind of lurking around. Yeah. Like an issue or two ago. And here he's lurking around more. But he has, you know, he's sort of like their medical guy. He's got that look like I have. we have important things to talk about, which I think get revealed in the next issue. Yes. But Tantalizer I, I, there for the listeners. <laughs> he just seems like a creepy kind of guy that you want around. And why, if he's your doctor, wouldn't you come up with a better name than Scalpel? <laughs> <laughs> he's the one to call Dr. Scalpel. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know if I'd want him touching me as a, oh, you got to go see Dr. Scalpel. Um, I'm just. <laughs> came for a checkup i don't need to and he's got you know he's got that thing on his front with all the tools in his front just he's like like a traveling doctor he's ready to roll man he's he's ready to roll yeah it's scary and then you know later on towards the end of the issue he comes back with his like mask on or maybe it's in the next one but i'm getting confused now well i'll tell you what while you're sitting there being confused i will roll into a high for me which is you know who like never ever gets talked about anywhere in gi joe is mirage like yeah he got a really kind of a cool limelight like mirage the character itself didn't even get introduced into the toy line until the 90s you know he's kind of a forgettable you know later on the run figure and then they kind of brought him back and made him a little cooler around this time uh, you know, both in the toy line and the comics. And so it was kind of neat to see him get some limelight. And he's out there, you know, basically training some green shirts or giving them their first mission and the challenges that go along with that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, he's got a team of like three folks, I think, something like that. And they are not doing well. One of his new green shirts named Stall is particularly not performing well and I, i'm kind of interested to see they give a lot of time to that in both this issue and hint hint in the next issue as well mm-hmm. so i'm kind of interested to see what the future of stall is but maybe we can talk about that on the next episode come up with some theories what i also like on this one is we bring in joe the original joe the joe original Cohen. 12 inch joe he should be like he should be like four times taller than everybody <laughs> else <laughs> but yeah they definitely like went way back into gi joe history to go with joe colton you know that's the original 12 inch joe yeah. before the three three quarters so uh I'll, yeah what'd you think of that pat i thought it was nice you know i remember when they brought him in back in the marvel run when he showed up in that series as well i thought it was really cool i think he's a you know he's definitely a cool guy they also brought in jane as well too which is again this brings me back to that you know let's continue to grow but not forget about the, you know our roots in in some of the stuff that was done in the original series or i'm in some of the stuff that has been laid in this series as well too i like how he is you know like he's joe he's the original joe and nobody's gonna knock him down and he's going up against the jugglers in this because they you know they want hawk to show up to either try to get rid of him or just 
totally shut down the Joes. Joe Colton, the original Joe, is taking over at a difficult time. You know, he's kind of on his back feet. There's a lot going on. The Joes have kind of been put in a tough place in public Mm -hmm. square, if you will. And, uh, you know, he doesn't really know what kind of back burner machinations you know, a little blackmail, something, something that Hawk's got on different people to help leverage things. So he's yeah. kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, but he's doing the best he can with his, um, with his experience. So, yeah. Now I want to ask you, um, one of your favorite duos was in here. We had some Tomax and Zaymod action mm-hmm. and Destro is basically like, Hey, you know, you guys have done a good job sort of bringing coil back to Cobra. Basically Destro's like, Hey, I'm, I'm basically taking over here. I've got this plan. You guys enter out and they kind of, take a pass right they say oh yeah. no thanks and then so destro kind of has to strong arm them with the threat of the wraith interesting i you know i kind of figured they just roll right along with it but interesting that they didn't it is interesting that they didn't and i think you know it just shows that they got a pretty good thing going with coil right now i think you know coil is a good foe i really think that they could do some damage you know in fact they are you know you got that triad of enemies you have joe against cobra cobra against coil coil against joe coil against cobra and and all that just kind of that triangle going on in the ring it's a you know if it was a wrestling match between the three of them (laughs) there's a lot going on and ultimately destro's like hey we want you and the crimson guards and the coil guys that you've won over to be sort of reabsorbed into Cobra under my leadership, and they were like, we'll take a pass, and then Destro was like, well, then, I'm going to put you in the stockade. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, that's a tough spot, because eventually they're going to want out of the stockade, and so they'll at least lie and and say that they're going to be working for Destro. So, you know, it's it's a tough spot for everybody. Yeah, it it is. With the Wraith, is he the new Storm Shadow? Yeah, he he clearly is, because they made sure to put Snake Eyes on that rescue team, didn't they? Because they really mm-hmm. want to put up the Snake Eyes to Wraith battle. And to my knowledge, once again, I went and looked the other day, and, and maybe I need to dig a little deeper, but I, I think to this day they still haven't made a Wraith figure. No. It feels like you know Devil's Due was certainly pushing that character. And as we know from our interviews that we've had Mr. Josh Blaylock on the show, you know, he's told us that, you know, Hasbro has to approve everything they're doing. So clearly Hasbro was like, okay, with this character, but it's weird. Yeah. That it doesn't seem like they really did anything with him in the toy line. And the comics are using the heck out of him. Yeah, I mean, it's been several issues now that they're building up to this kind of story to see that Wraith is a an enemy that is definitely somebody to be watching out for. Oh, yeah, they definitely built him up like so they made sure that snake eyes was on the rescue team because we got to get those two to square off right and then that leads me to question when they introduced the rescue team and their sweet van mm-hmm. snake eyes is originally maskless he's relatively uh, handsome blonde dude and you usually know the gi joe timeline better than me and i i can never remember is it at this point do you think is he wearing a mask or is this post facial reconstructive surgery i can't remember in the timeline you know, I I don't know. That's a good question. It's been such a long time that I don't know if, you know, he's had the surgery, but then I think he got hurt again, and I don't know if it's a mask or... Hmm. You know what? Let's put to the listeners. Maybe they, they can always forget. help us out. Yeah, our loyal listeners. We got a little lost in the timeline, folks, of 
snake eyes and his face. So here in this issue, <laughs> which is like 2004, can, is he masking it up or is that surgery? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please hit us up on our social medias at Longbox Crusade, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or you can give us a call and leave a voicemail, 707-532-5269. Let's talk about the extraction team. I like who they all have ready to go there, and I like their way that they're going to do it. You know, everybody piled in this uh, van, and then they're going to get dropped off to go and hunt down and, and pick up Mirage and his team. Yeah, but, it's supposed to be a relatively yeah. easy operation. Just because, you know, I used to work at the uh, helicopter museum, the Army Aviation Museum on Fort Rucker. I want to point out they were brought in by a CH-54 Sikorsky Skycrane. Uh, that has nothing to do with anything I just want to show off. Yeah, it, well, you impressed me. I just said new helicopter. <laughs> now we know. And knowing is half the battle. We used to have one sitting out right in front of the building <laughs> at, the, at the museum. But yeah, it was a relatively good plane. We all knew it wasn't going to go right. In fact, that CH-54 Sikorsky Skycrane got blowed up and the van dropped from a pretty considerable height. Yeah. I mean, and that, luckily it was a battle van, yeah. which uh, we I know think is like strong. a battle wagon. Yeah, kind of, but not as... I think it, if it was the wagon, the wagon would have lasted longer. <laughs> okay, but the battle van was hardened. And they were able to survive the fall. And then that's kind of where the issue ends. Is like, hey, we survived the fall. But we're stuck here. Again, it's Clutch, Snake Eyes, Roadblock, and relatively new character Mayday. And they're stuck in town. And the town's like Cobra controlled. And that's where the issue ends. So uh, you got anything else on this one, my friend? I think I really enjoyed the action in this one as well, too. I think it, this whole thing was kind of well-placed. You had some interesting take in the beginning. Then you had everything going on with Destro and the jugglers and with the media, news media, kind of going after the, the G.I. Joes now just to kind of, you know, get it out what happened at the WNN building that being blown up and mm -hmm. all the people that got hurt there, um, you know, trying to expose everything that's kind of going on. It's interesting in the story to, to find out. But then towards the end, you get the extraction team being put in and then finding out that it kind of goes south. And we're at the end of the issue going, are they going to get out? What's going to happen? Because Wraith, Scrap Iron, and Major Blood are there ready to do some damage. Yep. It's definitely a good cliffhanger and... We'll definitely cover that on the next episode. There's a lot of cool stuff to talk about on the next episode. One of the challenges of recording these back to back because I want to talk about it so much. But yeah, we'll rein it in. We'll leave it right there. Definitely a good, good discussion. And with that, I'm going to hand it back to you, DJ Crisados, for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. All right. For those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue's story in the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. So, Jared, 1 to 10 flag points for this issue. Well, I, I liked it. It was a lot of groundwork. It was a little bit of emotional flashback with the mm -hmm. Baroness. It was a lot of remembering storylines from before, like you said. So, man, it, it just it was really good, really solid. I think good and solid is, is an 8 for me. I think it's a good 8 issue for me. What about you, man? 
I am also at an eight as well. As I went through this, it had some good art. Art in this is just really spectacular. I really like the art in this. And then the action that happens as well, too, kept me turning the page. And I am excited to read the next issue. You know, at the end of this, I wanted to read the next issue to find out what is going to happen. So all that said, I'm at an eight with you as well, too. It was great character, left me wanting more. Can't ask for much more than that. All right, well, with the score of the issue out of the way, let's go ahead and find out who we want to give our special award to. And the award is either the Silver Star Medal for Gallantry in Action or Silver Snake for Sneaky Snakeitude. You know, this one was kind of hard, but let's find out what we thought. So, Jared, who are you going to put as your either Silver Star or your Silver Snake? There's a lot of nominees in this issue, like he said. For both things. For Yeah. I'm going to go with the Silver Snake. When I look back upon it, I really like the way Destro is getting the house in order. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's really putting it all together, and it gives me confidence in Cobra leadership, you know, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely a lot of honorable mentions, but I won't even mention them because I want to give you a chance to put your Silver Star Silver Snake out there. I was going to go with Destro as well, too, with their Silver Snake. So I will do the opposite and give out a Silver Star. And for that, I'm going to give it to Mirage. Ah, good choice. Doesn't get a lot of limelight. and He really no. did this issue. But, you know, he's a guy that in the field, he was doing what needed to get done and making sure that the green shirts were also following orders and, and you know, playing by the, I don't say by the rules, but, you know, doing what they needed to do to make sure the team survives. Yes. Tactics. You know, can you apply what you've learned in a stressful battlefield situation? And so far, the answer for stall is nope. (laughs) He's getting people killed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. He might even get himself killed. That's what I worry about. He's getting the the glitter covered poop in the shape of a star award for this. (laughs) Now, he don't even get no glitter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now that we have those awards out of the way. Let me go ahead and hand it back over to Jared for his segment, Death Probe's Toy Chest. And who do you have in the toy chest today? It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Well, Pat, this time around, you mentioned him. I mentioned him. We are going to talk about Mirage. Here, I will give you a brief toy history on Mirage. Mirage is a bio-artillery expert. Yeah, he's from that era of G.I. Joe. You know, uh-huh. the, whole, the whole post-Ninja Turtles, eco-warrior style thing. When he first shows up in the toy line, his specialty is bio-artillery, which includes rocket fire assaults and heavy artillery. His figure description is as follows. He wears a dark green jumpsuit with blue boots, blue belt, blue gloves, and blue trim. He also has a bright red bandolier and a green visor. He is definitely from this era of Joe figures. His accessories include a green submachine gun, a green rifle, a green knife, a blue missile launcher with two green missiles, blue armor mold, green figure stand, and a jar of moldable bio armor, which was essentially Play-Doh. He was first released in Surprise, Surprise, 1993. 
as part of Series 12, and he was discontinued in 1994. He was part of the Mega Marines series. As of the time of this recording, which is October of 2022, there are currently five versions of Mirage. He said his first one came out in 1993. All the other ones come out between 2002 and 2005, which is the sweet meat of when this comic book was released. Those versions are a lot uh, cooler as they, they reflect what you see in this story. Say, oh, okay. Wow, that's still a lot. Five versions for this particular figure. Yeah, basically he got that 93 version and then four more versions between 02 and 05. I'm not sure if I have the original one. I might, but I'm pretty sure I have all four of the 2000s versions. I have. What about none. you? Did you ever have Mirage? No, I did not have Mirage. I think my figure collecting at that time was not much in the, the 90s. Uh, you know, I'm earlier Joe series kind of guy. But Nothing wrong I, with that? No. Interesting, interesting figure. I did the Mega Marines. I don't even remember that series. It's, yeah, when I saw the packaging, I thought for sure it was going to say Eco Warriors on it, but Mm, it said Mega Marines, but it's definitely of that time. We've talked about this on previous episodes, you know, that post Ninja Turtles, everything got brighter and mutations. And, you know, this Mm -hmm. one came with that moldable bio armor, you know, which was really just Play Doh. You know, you can make Play Doh molds and stick it to it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they were looking for those gimmicks because Turtles were on the rise and G.I. Joe was falling out of fancy. Mm. And like I said, once he comes back in 02 to 05, he's he's a lot more as you see him in this one. Yeah, I think he's a lot cooler looking in this one. Next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. As always, we will start off combat comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special longbox video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. Hellica Wolf, ow! Elburn Elvis. Blasted or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Not as strong as the Battle Fan. Not as strong. And Battle Wagon. Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason Keane. Jeremy L. Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German. I hope you like Jim German, too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP. Mark Ross, a.k.a. Cluck Trent. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Profit Distributor Devins, P.D. Devins. <laughs> Profit Distributor, <laughs> Daddy Devins. <laughs> no, that would be something I'd like to see. <laughs> Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Spreadsheet. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And the Toronto Cop. If we missed anybody on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well, well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, don't worry about it. Let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it all straightened out. 
So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's very simple. Just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get all the access. And Jared, guess what? Uh, what? How much access do you think it is? 75%. No, it's not. 85? No, not at all. You're way off. It couldn't possibly be all the access. <laughs> Jared, let me tell you. Are you sitting down? I am. Okay, because it is definitely all the access. This is more access than you can get on a stick. Yeah, <laughs> That's a lot of access. It's, it's, it's a whole lot of access <laughs> that you get for joining the Crusaders Club. And believe me, it's amazing. So come and check it out. Now let's see what messages we have for waiting for us from our platoon of loyal listeners here on Breakers Comsat. Now, Pat. Yes, Gerald. Before, <laughs> thanks for sticking with the continuity. Before we even get into these, we have to do the segment that people demand because we, we put it out there. Questions we, for Orsted. Oh, we do have questions for Orsted. Very cool. We do. We have a phone message sent in. Questions for Orsted. Let's take a listen to our friend Clinton Robison, the host of Fan Film Fridays from the LBC basement, and see what he sent in. Hey, yo, Joe, man. This is a question for that Orsted dude on the G.I. Joe Devil's Do show. Orsted seems like a pretty cool dude. So I'm just thinking, like, what if he's totally swung by the Longbox Crusade headquarters? And checked out that dude in the basement and totally let him out. Because I hear that dude's a cool dude, too. And, you know, two cool guys could hang out together. That basement dude and that Orsted dude. Just a thought. Yo, Joe, man. Yo, Joe. All right. So there's uh, there's the question for Orsted for the week. So let's bring Orsted in here and see what, what Orsted has to say. And uh, Orsted will be played by both uh, Pat and myself because we can't help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think Orsted would probably say something like, Hey, man, I'd love to uh, come by and, and, and hang out in the basement with you, man. I will be your friend, but like... I don't know what kind of things you do when you're not in the basement. Like, if I let you out, it would be good for other people and the environment. So, you know, I hang out with you all day, man. But I, I don't be responsible for what for what you might do to the environment. So, yeah, man, we can just hang out. Yeah, you know, like hanging out. I just want to say this to you, uh, dear, trapped in the basement. <laughs> it's okay that you're there, you know. It, it, consider it your own little chill place. Yeah. You get it? It's nice and cool. Just nobody bothering you. You got subterranean, man. <laughs> you, you're one with the earth. Just think about that, you know? It's just you and the ground around you just kind of chilling and relaxing. Yeah. Why would you want to leave? It makes no, yeah, it makes no sense, man. Just be, just be where you are. You know what they, yeah. you know what they say, bloom where you're planted, man. And you've been planted in the basement, so just bloom, man. Bloom like the beautiful bloom. flower you are. Just grow, man, grow. <laughs> all right, now if you have questions for Orsted, uh, we're happy to bring Orsted back to answer all your questions. 
Uh, you can leave us that voicemail at 707-532-5269 or 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Yeah, just pick up the phone, man. Yeah. All right. With that, let's get into our comments. We have one comment this time. Pat, what do we got? Well, we have it from our very own Captivating Kathy Bright MVP. And Kathy mentions, as we had mentioned in that episode before, having Kathy on. And giving her a special code name. And she says, Lady K, I'm all in. Yeah. I think that's a cool code name for her. You came up with it. You said, <laughs> you said Lady K. And that's oh, cool. Well, that's why good. it's cool. Of course. So we're going to look forward to having Kathy on a future episode and introduce you all to Lady K. And that was our only comment. We want your comments, folks. And your voicemail. So thanks to Kathy for sending that in. Thanks to Clinton for sending in his voicemail. And that's going to bring us to Mission Complete Status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles of Devil's Due Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where can they find that? Well, Gerald, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all the podcatchers out there. Jared, just like adding on to our Crusaders Club, you can get us on all the podcasts out there. All the accesses. Yes, all the access is out there. Or you can just go to www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at... Back to you, Pat. Oh, I was, ooh, you got me on that one. I can be found at Christatos01. Back to you, Jared. Oh, all right. I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It is all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com, which includes several book page sketches of your favorite G.I. Joe characters on the pages of actual military manuals. My most recent one, Quick Kick. I'm hoping you can get like a medical one and you can make scalpel on them. Oh, scalpel. That'd he would cool. look sharp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for joining what? us for this episode of G.I. Joe the devil's do years we will see you on the battlefield next episode where we cover issue number 35 bad moon rising part two of two until then platoon fall out yo joe the music themes for this show are done by musical genius joe november Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Yeah, man, yo, Joe. Yeah, the Baroness had that dream about that big snake, man. Just freaked me out, man. I, I mean, and she must have had some bad mushrooms or something on that pizza and that veggie pizza she had. Oh, man. Like, yeah. I love all the creatures, man. I love all the animals, but that snakey, man, he's got to die. <laughs> I'm burning him out, with man. kerosene and a mask. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I would do? I get that crazy doctor guy, that scalpel man. It's like, yeah. dude, why are you gonna wear those knives? Yeah. Like, you know what I put in? What would you put in there instead of knives, man? I put lollipops, like, man. Yeah, or it was like licorice sticks, man. Ooh, man. swizzle sticks. sticks. Oh, oh and then he can change his code name, and Destro would be like, hey, hey swizzle, swizzle sticks. sticks. <laughs>
till the Grish guy. <laughs> I'm hungry. You know, but then, you know, Destro was always like, I always tell him, you know, Destro, when we're eating at the table, man, you got to take the mask off. You're just getting it on your, on your metal mouth. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to get corroded. Yeah, it's going to stick. And what are you going to do, man? You know, he makes, he makes me, like when we were kids, he made me clean it with Brasso, you know, to get it real shiny. Good, yeah, yeah. I was like, he's trying to get dried up broccoli off of it. It's just... It's not. It's no good, man. It's no good. It doesn't look good either. No. But whatever, you know. If that's how he wants to be, that's fine. At least he's eating his broccoli. You know, yeah. that's what I said. At least, well, at least he's getting it. Eat healthy. Th- that's the moral of the story. The whole thing. <laughs> just eat healthy. Just eat healthy. Eat healthy and enjoy the and, basement. And maybe not through a metal mask. But yeah, if you're even if you're in the basement, man, eat healthy and get plenty of sunlight. Well. Maybe not in the basement. You can't get the sunlight. Take vitamin D tablets, man. <laughs> if you can't, yeah, if you can't get out, that's fine. All right, let's see if we can bring Jason. <laughs> so I'm sure Jason's loving us horse. <laughs> 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 Got to do Orsted outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>